Welcome to the New Jersey One Podcast. My name is Isaac Kamins. This is a bi-weekly podcast where my friend Jess O'Brien and I discuss internal martial arts, qigong, and meditation. Uh, this week, we continue our discussion of the Wu style of Tai Chi Chuan, uh, talking about the healing aspects of Tai Chi from an uh, article with Bruce Francis back in 1987. Uh, then we continue our discussion of Baiwa's book and the 13 songs of Tai Chi um, from the Tai Chi Classics. Uh, this gets into a little bit of um, philosophical discussion about Tai Chi, but also we talk in the extended episode a lot more about the application of Tai Chi uh, as martial arts and to other things, and um, it goes on for almost an extra hour. So if you want to hear the longer discussion, go over to the Patreon. You can join up and uh, listen to that, as well as interviews, uh, extra bonus episodes, and much, much more. Uh, so happy new year thanks for listening take care of yourselves and be well in today's episode of the ninja chan podcast we're going to continue our look at the Wu style of tai chi and and wrap up things with uh some of the healing stories uh, as told by bk francis in his 1987 article in tai chi magazine a personal experience of the Wu style's healing ability that we that we did part of last time and so we'll uh just you know review this a little bit he talks about it in his books as well um but this is this is kind of the first time that he put it in print um it's 1987 so like he's in his 30s and is just coming back from china after doing all his training and his um and so this is kind of his first one of his first articles extolling the virtues of tai chi as a healing martial art as a healing method um, and that was big for him because he had had some pretty major injuries in his 30s that he felt like Tai Chi was critical to helping him heal. So he starts here by saying, In September 1984, I began studying Wu-style Tai Chi Chen with Liu Hengjie, who had taught me Xing Yi and Bagua back in 1981. Liu had slipped on some ice in 1982, which left him flat on his back for nine months with broken ribs and a traumatized back. Um, so, wow, that's so this is, has some interesting stuff in it. So I like first he says that they focus mostly on Xingyi and Bagua in 1981. So it sounds like when he first got to Master Leo's house. He really wanted to to focus on Xingyi and Bagua. So that that tells you a little something that that was his. He was fired up about Bagua at that time. Yeah, he didn't go to Leo to learn Tai Chi or Chi. Uh, right. To learn Xingyi and Bagua. I mean. Uh-huh. Interesting. But after he got injured, that's when Master Leo switched him over to doing Tai Chi at that point. Yeah, and I think that was more Leo's idea, not his. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I hear that because Xing Yi and Bagua are harder to find in some ways and faster and funner in some ways, especially when you're younger. Um, and then Master Leo uh, broke his ribs and hurt his back really bad when he slipped on the ice i've heard that story goes around every once in a while that he i always heard fall. it as he, he hurt his hips i don't know uh, i don't know what the and he broken ribs too that's pretty yeah but you could fall on the ice and screw yourself up pretty bad in yeah, especially Beijing winter in your 80s i mean <laughs> right here's a guy who yeah so he's 79 at that point so yeah that's not good so Master Leo was almost 80 years old at the time. Leo told me that he'd never seen a doctor and has been seen by a doctor in his life. And he said that he completely healed his back by himself. Leo's relatives confirmed the nine-month bed stay in bed and added that they had never seen him go to a doctor for anything. Which is, 
I mean, it was a time of great poverty as well when yeah, shit was hell yeah. bad. So healthcare is probably hard to get. Some of that might not have been by choice. Right. But also, as we've often said, his family had been in the medical profession for a long time. So he had been trained as a traditional Chinese physician to a certain extent. So he knew healing methods, presumably. But he, you know, he he laid there in bed for nine months healing himself. And it takes a long time for ribs and things like that to heal. So Damn. But that's saying something if you're able to recover from you know a serious blow like that. So Kumar says here, I wanted to continue studying Xing Yi and Bagua with, with Leo, but he insisted that their hard energy techniques were not appropriate for me at that time since I was injured. So you're right. He he came in the door like, let's get back into Xing Yi. Although these Xing Yi and Bagua techniques would make me stronger, he said, this newfound strength would mask my injury and could cause it to become worse. So that when I would get older, my back would give me a lot of trouble. So I think uh, that's that's a truism of internal martial arts that you you always have to go back to your weakest link, kind of. So if like you overcome an injury by just strengthening everything around it, that's good. But you still haven't fully resolved what you know. Maybe the joint needs some additional help that you're sort of skipping over. So you're going to eventually have to go back and deal with that. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, making yourself strong enough to deal with an injury is not the same thing as fixing the injury. Mm. You know, you can, you can muscle your way through a bad knee, but that's not fixing the bad knee. Right? It's the minute that musculature yeah. dips down a little bit, the knee injury will return. Yeah, or you just get older. It's not going to, you're not going to be able to maintain it. Right. So well, your strength same, naturally you know, the same thing goes for some, an internal type of, you know, illness that you might mm. have a virus or a, you know, bacteria thing in your body that, you know, if you're strong and healthy, you won't notice it. But, it, you know, if your energy gets low and you get sick or something, you know, that other bacteria or virus will kind right. of pop its head up or whatever. So, I mean, there's all sorts of things like that where, I mean, this is one of the big advantages of, of quote unquote, preventative practices, right? Of it doing qigong doing tai chi it's it's a big part of it is that you're um you're addressing the things you know you're doing things that would address illness even when you don't have an illness mm. so it's like, you know if there was some little hidden thing in there you're 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 getting it without even knowing mm. it. like in sports sometimes they'll say you do prehab where like you do your rehabilitation exercises before you get injured so that Perhaps you've got less chance of getting injured. It prepares you. It presets you up. Yeah, I mean, I remember in one of the Chen Man Ching books, he talks about, you know, one of his students talks about how Cheng would work on them and, you know, and how it, that extra little energy would keep certain illnesses and things at bay. And mm. that when that went away, though, you know, those things mm. were still there. Um, so yeah, you know, so like the article, he says the first law of the internal martial arts is that your practice must be good for your body. Leo told me I had to learn soft energy to heal my body. And only after that, could I practice hard energy techniques? He said he had used Wu style Tai Chi Chuan to heal his own back. So coincidentally, Leo had used Tai Chi to heal his recent back or hip or ribs or whatever you want to call it injury from his fall. So he 
Now, now Kumar shows up. He's like, all right, we'll use Wu style to heal your back as well. Yeah, I mean, basically that Leo had the experience of using Wu right, style right. to heal himself and then transfer that to Bruce. And I have to say from my experience, like, you know, I've done the same thing. So it works, but it's, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a method inside of this Tai Chi form. Mm. It's not necessarily the Tai Chi form. So I think mm. it's... So not every Tai Chi system is going to have. That's why he specialized in this Wu style that would. Well, right. That not even every materials. Wu style necessarily mm. would have that ability. Pretty so, specific. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do it a certain way to get certain results. I mean, he keeps talking about soft energy. Like when I first came around looking for soft energy, I wanted to use it to slap and beat people with. And it works hella good for that. Like. But yet. You can also apply that to healing. Maybe hard energy doesn't necessarily apply to healing. It applies to strength, where well, soft applies energy to applies certain, to healing. It applies to certain types of healing. I mean, the, the, you know, there are, um, I mean, just to keep it simple, there are, there are yin deficiencies and yang deficiencies, mm. right? So the more often than not, it's not just a lack of strength, but that mm. is a thing that, you know, there are rarely, you know, in some cases, all you yeah. need to do is get a little bit stronger. And right. Like some Ludong was asthmatic as a kid or whatever. And by learning right. hard I mean, energy, she yeah. toughened up and got stronger. I mean, yeah. So that the classic case is the sort of the weak child, right? Right. If you have a weak child who's getting sick all the time and, you know, getting beat up at school, you teach them martial arts, you give them some young energy and they get healthy and strong. And then, right. you know, but, but that's later in life, you turn to the soft energy when you start. Uh, getting yeah. I was going to say that the young stuff, I mean, probably till you're about 30, it, it maxes out. Sense. Um, and, and the yin stuff is more efficient. You know, hmm. it, it, it does it quicker and it does it in a way that, um, uh sticks better you know i don't know how to put it but like your body accepts it a little bit easier <laughs> so you know the idea that if you have a bad back um yanking on that bad back poking on that bad back doing yang things mm. to it you know can help certain right. aspects of it yeah. might make it feel better you know externally or whatever but it's the yin stuff of actually being able to go inside your spine and release the thing that's stuck that's actually going to get rid of the you know the problem not just fix the the you know um symptom exactly makes sense i guess i first started encountering soft energy by doing opening the energy gates with you and with kumar and other people there and like really taking the time to let go of like my arms and my shoulders and my, you know, letting my waist swing and just getting that fluidity. Then when you strike somebody with that, you, all you have to do is do the swing and you don't have to clench anything and your arm just whips out like a chain and gives them a smack. Yeah. I mean, the, the real thing of the soft energy and energy gates is the standing and dissolving mm -hmm. part of it. But that transfers over to mm -hmm. sweating, you know, swinging your arms and whacking somebody. But the, you know, the, we, this was a, the, when he talked about the fire and water method meditation stuff, it's basically the same, uh, you know, sort of uh, parallel where it's like you have, 
a yang way of doing it and you have a yin way of doing it and so again in the what bruce calls the water method you use this external dissolving process as your primary mechanism right and that that is about the most yin thing you can do because all it is is essentially holding your body relatively straight and then just trying to relax everything right so this idea of um i'm not trying to create energy i'm just trying to release it Right, where yang that's, is that's the, awfully soft and you're trying to create approach. energy and yeah yeah move it so you know tai chi is composed of both but but by far i think for most people the the yin one is the uh harder to grasp and the most valuable yeah, in some ways i mean you can get hard energy in a lot of places but soft energy in my it's, experience yeah, is it's definitely the, it's the unique you know the what special sauce right. if you will of right. of these internal arts is, which is why so many chinese martial arts school are hungar plus tai chi or shaolin plus tai chi or bagua plus chi, tai chi like they need each other kind of you know well and, and you that's want to be it, able to spar you better do some chi and i mean i remember you know vince black the one of the times i met vince black you know i was 19 or something like that and i was very into shingy at the time and uh he made the point that, you know, if you're doing a lot of Xing Yi, you have to do something like Tai Chi or meditation mm-hmm. or, you know, some yin thing to balance it out. Yeah. And this is coming from like the most Xing Yi guy Mr. I've Xing ever met, you know, and <laughs> it was like, all right, I, get, I guess there's a you know value to that yin stuff. Right. At that age, I was like, you know, again, I was like, I had no interest in softness. It was more about right. if they, you know. They tell well, me I got to do the soft stuff so I can get better at, you know, the shingy. Okay, fine. I'll do I it. guess it's maybe where how an MMA gym might have yoga also that yeah, you totally. do as rehab, yes. maybe. That's a something like that. Yeah. I wonder if someday there'll be like a Thai boxing school that'll add Tai Chi to the curriculum for all the 50 plus people to add, you know, to soothe. I mean, I'm sure it's out there somewhere already, but it would uh, be a nice fit. I mean, Tai Chi pretty uh, much clicks with everybody. No, and this is, I mean, a lot of. A lot of people will take ideas from Tai Chi and use them and, and you know, not take the whole thing because you don't need the whole thing if you just want to get one little aspect of it, you know. So it yeah. might just be the uh, loose arms or turning from your waist or yeah. keeping your spine straight because all of these things, I mean, if you do any um, – physical activity long enough you figure out at least some of this stuff you know uh frank allen's line about if you want to see you know internal power find a 60 year old roofer you know Mm. because you see those you know guys in their 50s and 60s who are still carrying you know big heavy loads of tar up up onto a roof and you know bending over all day long i mean that's you better be efficient you're gonna die you know, you can you can do that externally for a little while, but that's not something you can maintain. You know, the old age without some kind of understanding yeah. of your body. Means. So, I think that you know the the just the advantage of the uh, Neja Chuan is that it starts. It, it's a one. It's acknowledged that it exists, and two, you start training it from a very early stage in your in your progression. It's not. Um, something you get to at the end of your training like right 
most hard styles, quote unquote, if you practice them long enough, you end up kind of doing them soft, right? I mean, that not soft as, as you know, not as soft as Tai Chi, but that they figure out a certain element of smoothness and flow and um, internal connection, right? And, but that's again, it's like there's a difference between um, figuring it out after 30 years and starting to train it from day one. Yeah, of course. Well, Tai Chi has, has that hardness over time of, you know, so a longtime Tai Chi person has a heaviness and a structural integrity that you could say would relate to hard power or strength or whatever. But like they're super hard to move and they they're very centered and grounded and all that. Whereas at first doing Tai Chi, you might be light and fluffy. But over time, if you stick with it for a while, if, you'll start you, getting hella grounded. If you can do the yang aspects of tai chi you can be as hard as a muay thai person or a shingy person or you know i mean you can i mean i've told this story before i mean the first time i met bob tangora it was not a, a, a soft experience um you know guy was slamming me around i'm like okay this is tai chi like <laughs> the fuck i thought you know i thought this was supposed to be gentle and soft um because there is that element of Tai Chi. It, it has a, you know, it has a hard side to it. Yeah. We talked last time about the the percentages, right? That, mm. um, you know, uh, Chin style being the most mm, sure. long, maybe like 80-20 or something. Uh, Yang style being 50-50. And then Wu style being 80-20 in the sure. other direction, right? That, that most of what you're you know emphasis is on one or the other or it can be split down the middle it's just kind of a um you know it's a preference in one sense right makes sense okay so the next part of the article after a month or so of studying wu style with leo my back pain began to diminish two years later my back became more or less free of pain and it continues to improve day by day my middle back pain has completely disappeared and my lower back is virtually cured with only occasional twinges. I can tell you, I am really grateful that the continuous low back pain I was suffering from has all gone now. Yeah. I mean, I can it, attest to that. Yeah. For lower back pain. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. All in all, I have to say that Wu style Taiji trend is super, superlatively effective for curing the damage my body sustained from a car accident. You cannot imagine how fantastic it is to be free from the specter of permanent back pain unless you have had it. I have personally experienced the benefits of Wu-style soft energy techniques for back and joint problems. In addition, I have seen many, many people who have all, had all manner of internal diseases cured. Thus, I would say that the healing fame of the Wu-style is well justified. Considering the great need in the West for ways to release stress and learn how to relax, I believe the Wu-style Taiji trend is really useful because it promotes both physical and mental health. There you go, 1987. Yep. This was the uh, beginning of the whole Tai right at the, not beginning, but this is when the Tai Chi movement really got cooking. Yeah, I mean, I think Tai Chi had been around in the States for a long, a long time by the 80s, but there was a certain... Um, it hit mainstream in the 80s. Yeah. I don't and know. Now, I was going to say, yeah. I don't know if Tai Chi ever was mainstream. Yeah, it is. It's still to this day mainstream because you see 
so many car, you know, so many versions of it. And I also think that Tai Chi influenced our exercise paradigm in general, right? Everybody started to pick up at least a little sense of maybe not over stressing, you know, like back in the day, it was like run till your knees burst. But then, after, you know, I think Tai Chi helped influence the thing of, well, maybe going a little slower or taking a day off or whatever, you know what I mean? Like a well, little yeah, sense I mean, of relaxation filtered into the mainstream a little. That's where I was saying earlier about, you know, some of these ideas came yeah. out, sort of crept into the, the lexicon, if you will. Right. I, I think it was another 10 years or so before, um, if you said to the average Joe, I do Tai Chi, that they didn't, you know, think you were talking about a career right. martial art where you did a lot of kicking. Right. And I mean, where are we now? Like there, I, I feel like we reached a point where X number of people are doing Tai Chi and we kind of just sort of stayed there. The staying power of Tai Chi has never really been about numbers as much as it's been about there's a consistent group of people that seem to always get that there's a benefit to doing this softer stuff. And, you know, lots of, I think, more modern you know exercise things have started to understand the idea that there's importance to you know relaxation and stretching and things like this well i mean i can speak from you know my own training is i had scoliosis and i can tell you straight up most tai chi teachers aren't going to be able to tell you how to fix your scoliosis right. you know that's not part of what tai chi is but it is part of what leo taught bruce so you know there's a there's a piece of it right each school is going to have its specialties all right well let's get back to the uh, 13 songs of taiji trend from the Tai Chi classics as uh, interpreted by baihua all right um yeah this one's a pretty interesting uh set like it's how would so far how how do you see it as different from the previous ones i think this one i mean they're all pretty profound but He's the 13 songs one seems to be putting a lot of stuff together at once. Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, my personal stacking up concepts like all together. Well, yeah. I mean, my personal skeptical thought is that this is written way later and this is mm. some right. you know, summation. All mm. the things that you want to do when you do Tai Chi and, um, yeah, so it's kind of a like a list, a or, gathering and condensing kind of mixes a good. Yeah, impression. it's a yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a condensing of of the previous, you know, the the long drawn out Tai right. Chi classics where you have all this flowery right. imagery and stuff, and this is just kind of getting down to the <clears throat> nuts and bolts of it. To sort of cut and paste everything into one doc, kind of. So here's what it says: the whole body remains quiet all the time. And the movement is caused by the touch of detecting the enemy's changes. The movement and quietness of these 13 postures embody its magic. So uh, Baihua starts explaining that. So he wants to unpack this, this thing of, you know, you stay quiet, but you only react when the, when you, when the enemy touches you. He says, stillness is formed by Zongding, which is derived from the Qiji Guanchuan coordinated body movement and dominated by the waist with the whole body united so that's a lot in one sentence like uh so yeah so this thing's talking about the whole body remains quiet at all times so he says the stillness is formed by the zongding the central channel or central 
uh, center line or whatever you want to call it, Zong Ding. In our school, we call it central channel, which is derived from, you know, the whole coordinating of the whole body and connecting to the waist and uniting. Right. Body. I mean, so um, the two phrase, those two phrases, the way Bruce translates them is coordinated body movement is from posture, from posture to posture, the internal energy is unbroken and dominated by the waist and moved by the whole is one part moves, all parts move, one part stops, all parts stops. So you have these two basic concepts, right? That there's an internal energy that is running through everything as you move. And the other one is that when you move, all of you moves as one unit, not broken into chunks. So next thing he says, so it, when you when your jin, your eight directional force is being hindered, he says it's necessary to use the method of four ounces defeats 1,000 pounds and use the zongding of the dantian to adjust the balance of the motion while taking the opponent's flexion and extension as my flexion and extension. Okay, so if I if I don't have my body in the right position, then I can't just push through it. I can't release my jing yet. That there's a physical movement in, of the external body that is necessary to like re um, reconnect to that to that center before you can then release again. So there's there's what you do if you have it, and then there's how you get back to it if you don't have it. Well, it's like again the Tai Chi obsession with there's movement inside stillness, and there's stillness inside movement. Right. So if you're moving, you got to maintain the stillness inside. If you're still and standing there, you've got to maintain the movement within and be prepared to unleash the force on contact. So <clears throat> he he ends a paragraph by saying, therefore, Zong Ding, central equilibrium, as we call it, is relatively more stable. This is stillness in motion. The reciprocal process of motion and stillness is the same as the principle that yin and yang are mutually rooted in the Tai Chi diagram. So reiterating that shifting the balance, motion and stillness, this is exactly what yin and yang is being talked about in Tai Chi. Well, T.T. Leong breaks it down in his way, but his translation of just the, the phrase is, inwardly tranquil, one responds to a forceful action while maintaining an unruffled attitude. Manifest your inscrutable techniques to accord with an opponent's changing actions. So you're inwardly tranquil, and you stay unruffled no matter how hard the other guy's coming at you. And that's a very Tai Chi approach to things. And then your, your techniques are inscrutable while they're making their actions. Whenever they change, you you act and they can't see it coming, basically. So there's a sense of magic here. There's a sense of surprise here. There's a sense of the opponent inscrutability. The opponent is like completely in the dark. And as yeah, I mean, that's, that's a very poetic way of putting it. I think mm -hmm. of it more as they shit their pants, <laughs> right? Because... This well, I mean, in a sense, this is the idea. You know how we always talk about the door opening as you go to push it, right? Mm. That idea, and you do stumble through. If you're, you know, if you're thrusting in that door with every, you know, with a thousand pounds, and right as you make contact with it, it flies open and you fall on your face. In that moment, you know, before you're as you're falling, before you hit the ground, you're panicking. You're going, "Oh mm -hmm. my god, what's happening?" And what's that's kind of in Tai Chi, you're trying to engender that reaction in the other person because that's yeah. when you're the most vulnerable. So yeah. you have this thing of like, you know, getting them to quote unquote fall into you. 
So Fu Zhongwen, the student of Yang Cheng Fu, has a book uh, translated by Louis Swain. We call it Master Yang Style Taiji Chen. It says, in the midst of stillness, one comes in contact with movement, moving as though remaining still. According with one's opponent, the transformations appear wondrous. So he uses wondrous as opposed to magic or inscrutability. So that's that shock you're talking about. And then he says, moving as though remaining still. That's a nice way to put it. Well, because what, you know, think about what happens, you know, again, it's it's like, uh, you know, what happens in, when you see a magic trick, right? There's that, oh, that sort of mm. moment of, oh, right? And that's right. kind of the, again, it's like the happier version of going, oh, fuck, you know, like, right. but, but it's free falling feeling. It's the same reaction, you know, it's you, you freeze, right? That whether you're freezing because you're in awe of something, you know, first time you see the Grand Canyon or something, mm. right? Oh, or you're in awe because, you know, you're, you're shitting your pants because you're about to get hit by a bus. You know, the, 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 the result is the same thing. You, you, you froze, right? That you have to start getting this attitude of, well, if I get pushed, I come back. And if I push, I, you know, I return. Restabilize, yeah. Yeah, and you, you're not getting fixated on one or the other. Or flustered, you know. that <laughs> Again, that's T.T. Leong hits on that sense of, I'm just chill. Like, I'll whatever comes, I'll deal with. I'm not going to jump forward or lurch back. I'm going to stay in this position until I need to move. And, I mean, Bruce would always say that, you know, uh, um, you're going to get hit no matter what. And if you if you can stay present when you're getting hit, you're you don't gap in the same way and it doesn't stick. I mean, think about it just in terms of, you know, there's a real big difference between somebody saying, OK, I'm going to punch you in the stomach and you get to prepare for them to punch you in the stomach. And someone just, you know, you're walking down the street and as someone passes by you, they just sucker punch you in the gut, you know that you know that one's going to knock you down and, and the other one you're, you're going to be fine and, and it's because there's something about being able to mentally prepare yourself for you know pain essentially that that happens and so a big part of what tai chi is doing is you don't want the other guy to have that time to go oh i'm about to get hit you know and so like for example if you're pulling your fist back doing this like big you know motion to show what you're about to do to telegraph your your next movement you know they the the other guy can you know prepare for it where if it just comes out of nowhere they don't have the time to you know to to prepare for it so there's a, again that deceptive quality to it the sense of wonder is created the 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 phrase from wang shu jing was you only hit a defenseless person right there it right? is you only hit them when they're not able to defend themselves that's the tai chi ideal yeah. all right all right good talking to you hey folks i uh, hope you enjoyed the episode thanks for listening uh just a quick reminder check out the patreon for the extended episode as well as bonus episodes to go along with each of the regular episodes we also have interviews we recently posted an interview with our good friend alan peatfield which is quite informative uh, again happy new year thanks for listening take care of yourselves and be well